we're going to, we're continuing talking about walking in the spirit and, uh, I just want to pray before I get started. Father, thank you for this time that um, we gathered here. Father, I just pray that you will be with us as I speak. Father, that you'll just speak through me. Um, as we continue to talk about walking in the Spirit, Father, we are walking with you, and you are, you, we are indwelled with your Spirit. Father, we're not just imitators, but, but you, we are indwelled with you. You are with us. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Galatians 3.19 is where we're going to start. Um, and we're, we're, we're still talking, and walk, talking about walking in the Spirit, and... And we talked a little bit last week about how uh, if we are actually being led by the Holy Spirit, sometimes he can lead us in places that we didn't necessarily plan to go. Um, how many of you have had that happen before? I have. I, I had a great plan for, for certain places in my life, and the Lord showed up and created a new path for me. And every time it's been better, on the, on the front side of it, it's a little intimidating sometimes because it may take me out of what I'm comfortable with. But... Long term, I began to realize that he always had a better plan. He always is, he's always better. Um, and so to balance that a little bit, um, because that, that can be kind of scary when, when you step out. We talked about Peter stepping off the boat. Um, and, and, and sometimes that, those, those things are kind of scary uh, when he leads us places that we're not familiar with. So to balance that, we're going to talk about Galatians and the difference between walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh. Um, I don't know how you guys were brought up. I wasn't brought up necessarily consistently in church, but when I got saved, I began to go and try to learn um, as much as I could, and I, I kind of fell into what, I, what I, I know now is a little bit incorrect. I don't know any other way. I can't sugarcoat it. <laughs> Just a little bit wrong theology, and from, from what I see in Scripture now, it's so much clearer to me um, that I began to look for myself and see exactly what was going on in there, and the Holy Spirit began to reveal this to me. Um, if, if you've ever learned about the difference of walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit, it was the kind of, which dog do you feed? Have you ever heard that? And I've probably taught it before, and I'm sorry if I have. But it was, which dog do you feed? And the dog you feed more is the one that's going to win kind of thing. Um, but I, I don't, I 100% don't believe that anymore. Um, I understand much more clearly now that it's all about Jesus. God's all about him. And there's no way that you by yourself could ever choose which way you could go by what you do and the direction and the choices that you make. That's, that's being self-sufficient, self-referential, and self-righteous, to be honest. If, if we put that pressure on ourselves, then we're saying we, in our own power, can make the decision whether we're going to be saved or not. Another common misconception, because I almost said it just now, because it's such, such a common thing, is whether you go to heaven or not. Listen, Jesus didn't die so that you could go to heaven. Our, our goal, we've been deceived for a long time so that, okay, you're saved so that you can go to heaven. We get to go to heaven. That's a, that's a great, awesome, awesome benefit. But he died so that he could restore relationship with us. Amen. I mean, this is, this is very, very real that Jesus didn't come. People in heaven don't need you. <laughs> People on earth need you. They need his Holy Spirit right now. And so a, a common misconception that I had, and when, when I grew up, in a, and I didn't grow up, or when, when, when I went to a more traditional church, I guess you could say, not that there's anything wrong with traditional churches, but when, when I was taught that, I taught what I do determines who I am, not who I am determines what I do. Does that make sense? When Jesus came into my life, he determined who I was, and then what I did followed that. It's the fruit, not the root. Okay? There is, there's a reality of a truth of who I am that Jesus revealed to me. I don't get to determine that truth. That would be self-righteousness, okay? That's walking in the flesh. But there is a spiritual truth that God reveals to me, and I get to discover that. See the difference? I don't determine truth. Because if I determine truth, that would weigh heavily on my perspective, on my perception, on my feelings 
Feelings can get you in trouble. It's good that we have feelings, but I'm telling you, don't depend. They're not solid. They're not Jesus. <laughs> so Jesus didn't come to just take you out of the world and take you. If so, we'd baptize you a little longer and just let you go on to heaven. It doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense. Jesus died to restore relationship that we lost in the garden, right? Because they walked together. Did they not? They walked <laughs> they walked together. <laughs> Sorry. That made me chuckle. Um, and so there was there was a reality of, of of God walking with us. Now, over time we've had this another misconception where we we say we're walking in the spirit, and we're really walking in the spirit of Moses instead of walking in the spirit of Jesus. Now think about this for a minute. The, the law was good, just and right, but it, it had no power to make us good, just and right. The law wasn't bad. Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. Okay, We're in a new covenant. It doesn't mean that, that the whole Old Testament is useless. It doesn't mean that. It means it was there for a purpose, and it's, it's done. There is no more Old Covenant. You can't choose which one to go to. And unfortunately, we've taken this and said, okay, I like this new covenant. I love this, this relationship that I have with the Lord, but now I need to figure out a way to earn it. Yeah, you know, you've heard this here before. That's not what Jesus, he didn't die for you to figure out a way so that you can earn something that he gave you for free. He didn't come to free you from laws you couldn't keep to give you more laws that are more complicated that you still can't keep. We've complicated a simple message. He came because of love, for love, so that you can love him and you can love other people. That's it. Now, there's a lot of other things that fall underneath that. We've heard the kids talking about being baptized in the Holy Ghost and and, and these different things. Somebody saw on Facebook said they'd like to see a... uh, a Ghostbuster sermon on, on the Holy Ghost. I thought it was pretty funny. I have to name, name my next one. Ghostbusters name. All right, I'm rambling now. Galatians 3.19. <laughs> Galatians 3.19 says, Why then was the law given? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise was made would come. The law was put into effect through angels by means of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not just for one person, but, but God is one. Is the law therefore contrary to God's promises? Absolutely not. For if law, listen to this, for if law had been given that was able to, to give life, for if a law had been given that was able to give life, then righteousness would certainly be by the law. But it's not. But the scripture has imprisoned everything under sin's power so that, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be, to, might be given to those who believe. Before this faith came, we were confined under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith was revealed. The law then was our guardian until Christ, so that we could be justified by faith. But since that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, you're no longer under a law. It is, it is, um, it is a, almost a, I don't want to call it a lazy person that wants lines drawn for them. Because that takes away any any ability for them to be able to figure out their own relationship with the Lord. They like somebody else to paint that picture for them. And what happens a lot of times is we, we, we have churches that are, that are so dependent on the pastor and they put so much pressure on the pastor and he's so insecure that he feels like he needs to take on everybody else's things that it crushes him because he can't take all that stuff on. That's why it's, it's your responsibility to have that relationship with the Father. Not only is it your responsibility, it's your gift. Don't let me take your gift. <laughs> I love relationship with the Lord. I love relationship with people. But I can't be that for you. And no one else can. That's why it's so important that we understand that when Jesus came for us to walk in the Spirit, he is walking with us. I've told you guys I, I cut grass with my, with my daughter, and I can smell the, the, uh, 
the shampoo in her hair. That's how close I am to her. And I love that image of, of especially John, who's self-proclaimed favorite of Jesus, the one whom Jesus loved, or so he says. And so, <laughs> but he was so close that he would lay close to him, and you can imagine that he could just, you know, not, not that he had cologne on or anything, but he could just smell the dust on his feet. I don't know what you smell with Jesus. But he, he was just... <laughs> <laughs> he could smell, Jesus smelled like cookies. Okay, so anyways, it's, it's, it's that kind of closeness. So do you see that this is, this is a big, there's a big gap here. This isn't a fine line where we can say, and do you remember the, uh, what was the movie? Robin Hood Men in Tights. Do y'all remember that? A great movie. And there was, uh, they were battling over, I don't, I don't remember every detail, but they were battling over the sides of a creek. Do y'all remember that? And the guy came out and he was like, what, what are y'all fighting for? Look, I'm on the East Bank, I'm on the West Bank. It's not a big deal. <laughs> like, it's just right here. Anyway, so I just thought about that. But w- there's, <laughs> there's a much greater chasm, <laughs> there's a much greater gap than a little creek that runs between these two things. You can't jump back and forth between flesh and spirit. You don't decide that. In, in, any, any more than you could, you could work your way into a relationship with the Father, can you work, not work your way out of it? Listen, Jesus is too good for that. He's too big. He doesn't have to come down and be crucified over and over again every time you screw up. Thank God. Was his, was his sacrifice sufficient enough? Yes. Wasn't it? Yes. If we think that by our own power and our own repentance that over, over these little things that we do, um, that, that we can make God happier at us, that means that his, his sacrifice wasn't sufficient, that we have to add something to it. Does that make sense? In the same way, we've... we've, we've We've been deceived. We've been deceived that sin is just the things that we do and don't do. When all sin is, is us not trusting our Father to take care of the things that He has already said that He's going to take care of. It's us trying to shortcut the Holy Spirit. It's us saying, God, you don't have a person for me to marry and have a relationship, a relationship with this. With, so I'm going to go outside of marriage and I'm going to have sex with someone else because I don't trust you. It's a trust issue, not a, not a behavioral issue. Let's not our pastor talk about it not that long ago. And I... I really need to study this more whenever I have time. I don't know when I have time. But he talked about, and he, and he, just, he just touched on it briefly and moved on. I was frustrated because I wanted to hear more about it because I, I never thought about it that way. But he was talking about how porn is more, um, for men, is more of an escape than it is necessarily a lust thing. It's them trying to escape the reality that they're in. And he moved on to another subject. I was like, man, that's deep. I need to think about that more. But in the same way, it's a shortcutting in us wanting to, to find our own way instead of going to God because he's got something better for us. Does that make sense? So sin in and of itself is just that all it is is a, mis, it's a misunderstanding of how good God is and how good he is towards us. Yes. It's a misunderstanding of what grace is, not this, oh, grace is just a license to sin. No, grace is Jesus Christ. He is grace. This isn't a theology or a new idea. It is who he is. It's, it's the reality of who Jesus is to us. Now, I've had conversations with people, and that's usually the first thing that we talk about when we talk about grace and walking in the Spirit. They're like, well, grace is just a license to sin. Well, people have been sinning for years without a license. And if people are using grace as a license to sin, then they don't fully know Jesus and they don't understand it. Amen. It's done. I mean, that's, it's a non-issue. I don't, I don't, there's, no, there's really nowhere else to go with that as far as I'm concerned. Either you know him or you don't. Either you're a son or you're not. Either you're in or out. Either you're walking in the Spirit or you're walking in the flesh. There's no back and forth. I don't, I don't see that. Now... Now, do we have free will? Yeah, we have free will. Do the decisions you make affect you? Yeah, of course they do. Can they hurt you? Yeah, they'll hurt. Does that mean you're not a son? I don't, I don't believe that, that that determines your sonship. If my kids make a mistake, 
Does it hurt me? Oh, my goodness, it would hurt me. We have, we have hard conversations with our kids even as young as they are. But that, that, is, that it does no less make them our kids, right? This is what Jesus reinstated that we lost in the garden. We were walking in the Spirit. We were walking with God. God's intentions towards us were good from the beginning. Um, I was talking to, I think I was talking to Fred and somebody else about it the other morning, about how even from the beginning, God didn't put law on them immediately. He had to eventually to, to make things right, just like it's talking about here. We had to have a guardian until Jesus came. But even in the beginning, he put them out of the garden because he loved them. Because if they would have eaten back from the fruit, they would have lived forever in sin. I mean, that blew my mind. I was like, whoa. Even then, he was showing grace. He's like, look, I love you guys, but you've got you to get out. You've got to get out because I've got to make a new plan. <laughs> I've got to work all this out for you. I've got to be God. And so, uh, so even in the beginning, God's heart towards us was good. There was lots of stuff that went on between there, but we've got this, this especially me, before, before I got saved, I had this misconception that God was a cosmic killjoy and all he wanted to do was make rules and regulations that I couldn't have fun anymore. When in reality, he was the creator of joy and everything in me was longing and desiring to know him and to be happy in him and not find these fake things 